0: Welcome to Down There Aware, I'm Alex. And I'm Mary, Alex's mama. Each week we sit down to discuss various topics concerning gynecologic cancers and women's
1: healthcare. In 2019, at the age of 32, I was diagnosed with uterine cancer and became painfully aware of just how unaware I was of everything down there. On this podcast, we interview experts, share personal
0: stories, and explore new research. No subject is off-limits, so we caution you to listen at your own discretion.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Down There Aware. We are uh, continuing on in our motherhood series for the month of May, and this week is going to be a little bit different. This week, we are talking about the choice to be child-free. So mom has done extensive research, and we watched a documentary called To Kid or Not To Kid um, by Maxine Trump, and no relation, just need to get that out. She's British. Um, And it was very, very interesting, and I think um, our audience will find it intriguing as well uh, because there's a lot of stigma around Uh, women without children Um, and I think the first thing that caught my eye was through all the research including the documentary um you never heard the word childless
0: yeah they made it very clear the preferred term is child free because childless infers being less than and And, being
1: without something and
0: that makes sense and that's the first I'd heard That phrase, so I'm happy we're becoming educated.
1: Yeah, and uh, Maxine, you know, in her struggle throughout the whole documentary, um, she really struggled with telling people about her choice. And she said during the documentary that she was still unsure of her choice, a hundred percent that she was still kind of waffling on, is this what I want to do? I think she really wanted to do it, but she was more waffling on how do I tell people and proclaim that. Um, And she talks to her mother about it. And her mom even says, I struggle with the term child free.
0: Yeah. And I do
1: think um,
0: for this specific documentary, the huge issue for her was, why can't we talk about not having kids? It was that it's not a conversation that is had. People who have made that choice or are trying to make the decision um, don't feel free to talk about it. Um, so it, it was an eye-opener for me. I don't um, know a lot of people who ha- have made a decision not to have children, who are able but have made a decision not to have them, um, and so I don't have a lot of personal experience with it. So in trying to do some research, I was, um, I was just kind of surprised that there is such a stigma.
1: Well, and I think being of a different generation, um, more and more millennials of which I belong are choosing not to have children, um, and, or delaying having children, um, or maybe editing how many children they would have. Um, and you know, that's something Maxine touches on in in the documentary is about large families versus one or two children. Um, but there's a lot of research that shows, um, and we talked about it recently in the recent census data that, um, the birth rate in the States is lower than it's ever been since the great depression. And, um, And I think there's a lot of reason for that. And one of the articles mom found, um, it, you know, it talks about, um, a lot of the reasons for skipping parenthood are especially true for people of my generation. So, um, there's a lot of debt, specifically college debt that people are, you know, choosing not to have a child because they're paying off some of that debt. Um, but. Amongst other reasons are their desire for autonomy, spontaneity, freedom, and the ability to travel. Now, we haven't seen that, obviously, in 2020. It's been a little bit different, but it is difficult to travel with children. It is difficult to jump up and be spontaneous when you have little people to worry about. And whether it's their school or making sure you pack all of their things or their bedtime and sticking to their schedule.
0: Yeah, just developmentally. Um, children need schedules. It's important to their development for them to feel that they can predict what's about to happen next. And so a schedule helps them feel secure and safe. Uh, So that, you know, that's an important thing. I also found um, an article on today.com that is entitled, I don't think this is for me, seven reasons why people choose to be child-free. And This may be a little different. I don't think it's specific to millennials, so um, I think the reasoning may be a little bit different. But um, the data shows that about 15% of women in the United States and 24% of men in the United States have no children by the time they reach 40. Um, That's a national survey of family growth. Uh, So this particular uh, article gives these seven reasons one that remaining child free is a conscious decision not an accident so people are thinking about it more and they're trying to um, make a solid decision one way or the other Uh, two that people come to the decision over time it's not necessarily one single thing that made them go oh i don't want children but through their own childhood experiences through personal attitudes conversations with their partners and observing other people with children, which I think is interesting. Um, they've come to the decision not to have children themselves. Uh, three, some people say, I just always felt this way. So they never really understood why, but they never really had a longing to be a parent. Uh, women in particular never really had a longing to be a mother. Uh, four, I didn't like how other people's lives changed when they had children. And that kind of goes back to some of the things Alex talked about, uh, five, I want to be close to my partner. Now, kind of the irony of that is a lot of people say that they grew closer to their partner when they had a child together. Um, but with this, um, specific reason, the people say they want to focus on their partner they don't want to be distracted by children or anything else
1: well and i think the premise is because i saw that in a lot of the research that i read too is that we're comfortable this is our relationship we know what it is there are no surprises that you know Mm -hmm. we've we've settled into a routine even if we're spontaneous and we travel and you know all of that that's what that routine is and that's what we can expect Having a child, we've seen through anecdotal evidence with our friends and family and everybody in the, in the world, really, um, that having a child changes that relationship. And you don't get to spend as much time together and you don't get to, um, you know, be alone as often as you once were. So, you know, they have to take all of that into consideration. And maybe the, it's the fear of the change that, you know, we're comfortable in how things are right now.
0: Yeah, that, that certainly could be. Uh, number six in this article is having children would put limits on what I want to do in life. And again, that, that kind of goes back to what Alex talked about um, before. And then number seven, it's the responsible decision to make. And these are people who feel like um, having children impacts the environment negatively, that um, there's overconsumption, overpopulation, and it wouldn't be fair to bring a child into this world. So uh, that's that's number seven in this particular article. And as always, we'll put the links to these articles on our website so that you're able to look
1: at them. They really have some great information. One of the stigmas that surrounds choosing to, um, not have children is that it's a selfish choice. And Maxine touches on this in her documentary, but also the articles touch on this. And, um, you know, they brought up in 2015, Pope Francis said, and I quote, the choice to not have children is selfish, end quote. Um, And so this article goes on to say, well, if we're going to label child free as being selfish, then surely choosing to have a child is also selfish. Because when you ask someone, well, why did they have children? Um, You know, oftentimes they'll say, well, that's what I envisioned for my life. Well, if you're going to label something as selfish, <laughs> you know, all of it is selfish. It's doing what we want to do. Um, so I think that's it's interesting. And, you know, a term that was brought up in um, the research and in Maxine's documentary is something called pronatalism or just natalism, and that's something that I had not heard of before. Um, But natalism is a belief that promotes the production of human life. The term comes from the Latin adjective for birth, natalis. Um, Natalism promotes childbearing and parenthood as desirable for social reasons and to ensure the continuance of humanity. And there were example after example after example of various countries, European countries specifically, where the birth rates have dropped below the needed birth rate to replenish the current population level. Um, And the governments are producing these really outlandish um, TV ads about helping people have children, ensuring that your children are having children, and and really making it a... um, just in your face, that if you don't have children, you're part of the problem. One of the things said, um, be responsible, don't wear a condom. Well, and another one
0: said, um, for parents to, or older parents to send your children on a, a sunny vacation so that, because more sex is. Taking yeah, there, place, was a, there was a study
1: that said people have more sex in a sunny va- on a sunny vacation. So <laughs> send your kids away so that on the sunny vacation, so you can have grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, that's what it was saying. And so, uh, you know, this idea is really ingrained in us. Mm. And they went back and talked about the history of it, and even all the way back to Alexander the Great and Romans, that this idea of pronatalism, of pro-child, of pro-birth, has been. Um, just kind of ingrained in who we are as a society. And that's why oftentimes people are asked to, you know, kind of explain their decisions where it's really a personal choice that nobody should care about.
0: Well, and I am, um, interested to read about the trends. Um, you know, Alex talked about pronatalism and how that's kind of a mindset in our society and has been for centuries um, the larger trend now in 2018, the number of babies born in the U S fell to the lowest level in 32 years. And the rate has been declining steadily ever since that's in an article entitled child free by choice. Why many women are intentionally opting out of parenthood.
1: And that was, uh, published before that census data. So it has continued yeah, to drop
0: uh, steadily declining. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, Part of that article also quotes a Dr. Shannon Curry, who's a clinical psychologist and the director of the Curry Psychology Group in Orange County, California, who talks about the social pressure on women to get married and have children and how it's immense. She discusses five common myths about women without children. Uh, One is women inevitably will regret a life without children. Two that not raising children will lead to less happiness three meaning and or fulfillment in life four that not raising children results in greater selfishness, something Alex just talked about. And five that not having children leads to more hardship in old age because of the unavailability of adult children caring for their parents. And she is very emphatic in saying in actuality, There is no evidence to support any of these beliefs as pervasive as they are. So that pretty much shows the um, pronatalism has kind of taken over our mindset. And um, she says there's no data to uh, support that.
1: Yeah. And it's this, you know, bias that I feel people with children often have of, well, my life feels fulfilled. So surely your life can't be fulfilled because you're missing this thing that I have. Um, and then sometimes I think other times it's people trying to convince themselves <laughs> that they're fulfilled or, you know, maybe that they aren't jealous of somebody's freedom to, um, get up and go and, and do what they want. I know that obviously I don't have children. Um, but I did have a big change in my life when I got a dog and I, I'm not equating your child to my dog. So don't come for me. But, (laughs) um, the idea of having an added responsibility where there was a schedule, I couldn't be home or uh, away from home for extended periods of time. I couldn't go somewhere overnight without making arrangements. I, you know, there were various things that came into my life that were responsibilities that I didn't have before. And I was not footloose and fancy free. And that was one of the reasons why I delayed getting a dog for so long, because every time I would think about it or get an itch and I would talk to my mom or talk to my friends about it, they're like, yeah, but you like got got up and flew to Italy last week. So how is that going to fit into the picture? (laughs) And with children, it's even more so, although it's, you know, socially acceptable to take your child into the grocery store. Whereas a dog, you have to leave at home or take your child on a plane. Whereas a dog, they have to, you know, if they don't fit in the plane, they have to go in the undercarriage. So I think that, um, that there is that level of added responsibility that a lot of people get. They just don't want to deal with. Well, and for me in reading
0: through all this research, it, it just kept coming back to me so clearly, um, that we as a people are just so judgmental about other people. And I'm including myself in that and I'm trying to grow and learn. Uh, but just to look at someone who's made a very emphatically different decision than you have, um, Well, instead of talking generalities, I'll talk specifics. I have always wanted children. I've always wanted to be a mother. I'm very grateful it worked out for me that I've been able to have children and raise those children. Um, And so for me, I've always said it's the best job I've ever had, but it's also the hardest job I've ever had. But it's also the most rewarding job I've ever had. So um, for me, there's never been a question I look at someone who says I don't want children and I really don't want to judge them. I don't understand, but I accept and I appreciate and I um, hope in hearing their stories, I'll grow and learn. Um, And that can be translated to so many other aspects of our lives.
1: Well, and, you know, I think of comparing it to like a dietary choice. We're not talking about you have celiac and you have to avoid, you know, certain things. But I'm talking about like a dietary choice. I don't eat red meat. I am a vegetarian. I am a vegan. I don't understand that desire. I don't understand the desire to never eat meat again. Yeah, you don't have it. I don't I don't have that mm-hmm. desire. I, I haven't made that choice. But I sure as heck am not going to come for you and judge you because that's the choice you made because it has no impact on me. Um, you know, you're, the way you eat has no impact on my life. The way you conduct yourself, if you have children or not, has no impact on my life. And so I think we need to be more aware of that um, because unless someone is harming you directly or harming themselves which not having a child is not harming yourself (laughs) um, then we really have no place to say anything about it 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 really does take I think
0: a certain level of self-reflection um, Because something like for me, motherhood, that has been so wonderful for me and so um, rewarding and something I've always wanted, and you want those things for other people that you care about. You want them to feel the same warm fuzzies that you have felt. But it doesn't mean that motherhood is the thing that's going to do it for them just because it did it for you. And so um, it's the same with the choices they make, like Alex said, with uh, their culinary taste, different culinary tastes or what kind of car you drive or where you live in the country. You know, some people say, oh, I could never live in Florida. It's hot all the
1: time. I mean, we say that sometimes, too. We say that, too.
0: (laughs) But we complain. Well, we don't say we could never live in Florida. We just say it's so hot. (laughs) Um, but they're just choices that don't affect you. So, um, you don't have to understand uh, why somebody makes those choices. And that's really, I'm really settling into that mindset. I don't have to understand why that person doesn't want children. Um, I'm happy I got them and, uh, I hope they find their happiness and joy somewhere else.
1: I also think because my, choice to naturally have children was taken from me um and the choice to have children in an alternative way is up in the air um for a variety of reasons that we can go into another day but um I found some I don't know kind of comfort and peace in reading about these women who have actively um chosen not to have children and um in watching the documentary one of the things I think that um and, you know, mom mentioned that it was in that article about being a myth is that you'll grow old and you won't have anybody to take care of you. And in one of the articles I read, it talked about that same thing. You know, who will care for you in your old age and won't you be lonely? Um, and, you know, everybody should be thinking about what are you going to do in your old age? Because you're not guaranteed that your adult children will take care of you. That's true. You're not guaranteed that your spouse will be there with you. Um, and so a lot of people have been doing what they're calling the golden girls style of living yeah. where older adults share a household with each other. Um, I think that's kind of cool. I love, love that idea. You know, that as you get older, who says you can't live with your girlfriends or live with a group of friends mm-hmm. and you can pool your resources, you can live in a larger home, you, you know, all these things. And, um, Maxine talked about on the documentary, she loves the idea of living in an old folks home, you know, uh, there are activities planned for you there's people who come to visit all your meals are prepared like she's game for it <laughs> and um also i have read about this one lady who she took her retirement savings kind of weighed the pros and cons of living in a home by herself and um and how much it would cost and she compared it to living on a cruise ship and that is what she did in her final years she took her money instead of living in a home. She lived on a cruise ship. So, you know, I think that's something that, again, is a myth and that could be held as a fear. But um, hearing these people say, well, you have options. Nothing is set in stone. And that's totally fine. Well,
0: and because we're all different, um, there are things that are different uh, priorities for each of us. And um, some people... Really prioritize their free time and their spontaneity, and that's the most important thing. So hopping on a plane without really much planning and that kind of thing is what they want to be able to do, and you really have a hard time doing that if you have children. Um, Other people prioritize the good things about having children, and they kind of weigh the pros and cons and maybe it is a con you can't be as spontaneous but it's worth it because your priority is somewhere else and it it goes back to we're all different people we all think differently and um, respecting our differences is an important thing in life in every aspect
1: and something that I haven't read in the research um, and we didn't see it in the documentary but it really made me think Shouldn't we be praising people for being responsible and knowing that they have these other desires and that they probably wouldn't be the best parents because they want to do other things that they don't feel that they can do at the same time um, as having children? And so shouldn't we praise them for being like, hey, thanks for not bringing unwanted children into this world. Thanks for not filling up the foster system continually and and having all of these you know, children in distress or having families where they children aren't taken care of, um, I, it's almost praiseworthy that, you know, they are taking stock and not just having children because they are capable to, um, yeah, to it's a responsible,
0: mm-hmm. it's a responsible position to take.
1: It is. And I think, um, you know, something they did touch on is that now I'm speaking about the U S cause that's where we are. That's what I know. The government actively gives credit, tax credit and tax benefits to people who have children. And so there is a, an added benefit. Now, I think the belief in that is if people have children, they are going to incur extra costs and they're going to have other things and we can help them. Which is true. <laughs> of course it is. However, that benefit is... A is not extended to single people. There's no married, you know. There is a marriage benefit, but it doesn't extend to single people, and it doesn't extend to people who are child-free or child-less. Um, and so that is also questionable about just the parity of things. You know, if something's coming from the government, it needs to be equal across the board. Um, but then also, does that incentivize people who shouldn't have children or shouldn't have any more children to have more children? So it you know it just kind of makes you think about all kinds of different things and maybe people examining themselves before they've had a child unexpectedly saying oh I'm I don't want to good for them honestly
0: yeah I would much rather people make a decision to never have children than to feel pressured by society to have children and not really want them I mean there are enough children out there who aren't taken care of and aren't wanted for various reasons that, um, like you said, we applaud those who can make a responsible decision and just say, that's not for me. You know, you have at it and enjoy it, your kids, but I'm not going there.
1: And I, you know, this episode is focused on the child-free movement, it's focused on that. So we're not demonizing people who choose to have children. So well, no, I, I mean, So I do want to get that across, that we're trying to share another perspective because there are so many...
0: And I do think that's important to bring up. We, um, I have, like I said, always wanted children, had two children. Alex has wanted children and is still exploring her options after her cancer surgery. Um, so we're, unlike the first episode of this series where I talked about something I was very familiar with, the natural childbirth process of my two children... Um, we are not real familiar with this, and that's why we watched the documentary and we've done the research um, because we wanted to be able to present this as a pathway for not being a mother. Um, in the documentary, they even showed there was like a convention of uh, it called Not Mom um, conference that was in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, I think. And, um, you know, people who now I did say it was people who chose not to have children, but also people who could not physically have children. And um, it was amazing to me the kind of sisterhood that developed just simply because of that commonality Um, because they couldn't find it elsewhere. They felt judged.
1: Well, and I think that's really an important point to bring up is that whether it's intentional or unintentional, uh, the research shows that women who choose not to have children are often um, ostracized from their social groups. And because as they age, their peers are getting married and having children. And even if they, their peers don't judge them for their decision, they might not invite them because, well, the kids are going to be there or, you know, Oh, we're just going to talk about mom stuff and she might feel uncomfortable. And, so they make a judgment of their own instead of leaving the decision up to the individual of, yeah, I don't think I'd be comfortable there. Thanks for the invite. Um, but instead the invitation is just not extended. And so, you know, this not mom thing they talked about, they had to create their own community and Maxine even went to a, um, meetup, uh, like a meetup.com group for people who had chosen not to have children, both men and women. Um, and, and, you know, just the fact that there are those groups <laughs> shows the need to have those social groups. And, you know, in, in extending
0: those um, invitations, uh, parents with children to couples who don't have children, um, to me, it all really just boils down to open communication, honest communication, um, just communication period (laughs) it's like can you just say you know we're going to have four families here they've got kids we'd really love for you to join us um but if that you know something you really aren't into or the kids bother you feel free to say no and we'll get together another time um i i think it would help the child free couples feel included even if they opted out Um, But they would still feel like those friendships were important um, because your priorities do change when you have children. And sometimes I think it's easy to allow the other relationships to kind of go by the wayside. And like any relationship, you have to work at it and you have to make
1: that a priority at times as well. I also think that there is an assumption that if you choose to be child free, you don't like kids. Um, and I think that is not always true. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like kids, but they like giving them back to their parents at the end of the party, you know, like, yeah, I want to cuddle your baby and hold them and play with them, but I don't want to get up at 3am and change their diaper and, and and go through all of that and the colic and the, whatever else Mm -hmm. it may be. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't like being around children. And so, um, again, with that self-exploration self, you know, realization and really kind of dig into what, what do I feel about this? What are my biases and how can I, you know, kind of overcome that, um, to make sure that all of my friends, whether they have children or not are included. Yeah, I think
0: that's a really great point just because a couple has decided they don't want to have children doesn't mean they don't like them and don't want to be around them. So we all need to be aware. Or well, a
1: single person. Or, or a
0: single person, yeah. Thank you for saying that, too. Um, it's important to not make
1: those assumptions. You know what they say about when you assume. <laughs> yes, we do. We all do. Um, I think something else that's really important to bring up that was um, a, a, an important part of the documentary is the difference in health care options for men and women who choose to be child-free. Um, And I mean, we could spend a whole episode on this, so just want to touch on it briefly. But Maxine followed a young woman. She was twenty eight.
0: Yeah, she She started her journey at twenty five. Yes,
1: she's she always knew she didn't want children at the age of twenty five. She was married and she started the process of seeking out um, a sterilization procedure via tubal ligation. Um, Now she is in Wales, um, so that, you know, whatever that means. Um, But even at the end of the documentary, they told her, we'll do it, but you need to lose weight. And it wasn't you need to lose weight for this surgery, you know, because you'll have a better recovery process. You'll have less complications or possibility of complications with anesthesia with losing weight. They said, we want you to lose weight in case you want to do IVF later on
0: yeah oh
1: and and, you know and uh, in questioning her decision um it could be that because of her age she was 28 um but then on the you know other side of the coin Maxine's husband had twins from a previous relationship that he um had found out about uh their existence when they were two so he wasn't in their life really after he was already with maxine he found out about them um and so they maxine he and maxine had had a kind of oopsie and maxine had to take plan b um because they weren't careful one night and now a married couple um and she said would you ever think about getting a vasectomy And he said, you know, I have thought about it. I don't want any more children. I know you don't want children. Let's do it. And he signed up online, watched a video, an informational YouTube video that they sent him, paid a deposit, walked into the office and walked out 10 minutes later, local anesthesia, uh, Maxine was in the room with him. The camera was in the room with him. Like, Boom, boom! It was less invasive mm. than a pelvic exam. Really, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was. It was less invasive than a biopsy. Any of mm. my cancer girls who have had those. So, um, just the difference now. I will say I understand the anatomies of men and women are very different, especially the reproductive anatomies, and so yes, there are many differences in that regard, and so. We have not developed a procedure that is 10 minutes walk in and out for a woman to be sterilized, but for a man we have. And so, you know, it just makes you think, why is that? Um, And why is it such a fight that this young woman has decided, I don't want to have children. I know I don't want to have children. And the doctors are saying, well, but you might. You just don't know. But a man walks in and, you know, he says, I don't want kids. And they're like, okay, let's go. So I think um, we have a long way to go, but you know, in regards to our bodies, we should be able to make those, those choices. And, um, and, I, you know, and talking about it with mom right after we watched the docum- documentary, I just thought about like tattoos and, and piercings, and any legal adult can walk in and get this permanent ink on their body, and nobody questions it. Um, but as soon as in a pronatal society pro pro-natalist so, uh, society we question oh well that's a permanent choice well yeah most choices are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's just because it does involve
0: procreation um another life or uh, potentially uh i told alex i think too we live in such a litigious society that um everybody wants to sue anybody and everybody for any tiny little thing so when you talk about big things a doctor you know, making you sterile. Um, and then you change your mind later. I, I don't know legally, um, uh, where those things go, but so often, um, those league, the legalities are what dictate the rules.
1: And that very well could be. So, um, you know, just something to think about and chew on. Cause I, I don't think, I mean, I know we don't have the answers to that. Um, into why they're so different. I think people can make assumptions, again, um, about that. But we're not there. We know we're not there, and we've talked about, and that's part of the reason why for this uh, this podcast exists, is because we know that sometimes women aren't believed in their mm. pain, and um, in you know what they think is wrong. And we were just reminiscing about um, we were talking about the other day with Johanna Holler's uh, interview and how it took her seven years to be diagnosed. All she needed was a biopsy seven years. Mm. So we know that, um, women are treated differently and we got to work, work towards a more equal future.
0: And we're trying, that's what we're working on
1: that we are. So we, I think have covered a lot about the choice to be child free and what that means in our society as a pronatalist society. Um, and so I think, you know, for me and I will speak for mom included, um, we are challenging ourselves to rethink and reshape what we believe in, and how we judge people on their choices and maybe getting to a point where we don't judge people on their choices. Yeah,
0: and, you know, not only not judge them, but support them. I think, you know, we need to take that extra step.
1: Absolutely. That's a very good point. Next week, we are continuing our motherhood series with a very special interview about a very special adoption. And so how uh, people choose to become parents and mothers through the process of adoption. So look forward to that. And following that Monday, there's only one Monday left in May, and we will be having another special interview all about the journey of IVF. Um, to become a mother so we're wrapping up our motherhood series strong with adoption and ivf and we are really looking forward to those interviews so please be on the lookout for those every monday at 9 a.m thanks for listening